Hey there! Are you looking to take your family life to the next level? One where you're in charge and free to set your own hours? You've come to the right place. Each and every week, we share the highs, lows, ups, and downs as we grow our businesses from zero to hero. Welcome to the Nights and Weekends Podcast with Craig Hewitt and Ken Wallace. There we go. Hello. Look good, okay. All right. <laughs> Looks like my laptop's not set up to record automatically. Uh, cool. So you are, one more time for the folks listening at home. Uh, yeah, so we're in Santiago de Compostela, which is in the northwest part of Spain. And uh, it's a big sort of pilgrimage site for Catholics. Um, there's a big cathedral here that is uh, the ending of a big uh, hike that Catholics take from kind of the French-Spanish border all the way across the northern part of Spain. Um and yeah, this is kind of like the third most important part of Catholic pilgrimage, I guess, uh, aside from Jerusalem and the Vatican. So, wow. lots of lots of Catholics, lots of uh, lots of people looking like they're very athletic, but they, you know they've just been walking a long <laughs> way. Like the full thing is like 500 miles. Holy um, crap! But I think there's a lot a lot shorter versions of it that uh, that people can take. So yeah, it's it's cool. So are there? Cool. Any, We've been uh, here for three days. Cool. So what are what are your plans? Are there any big like cultural spots to hit or? Um. Yeah. I mean, that the, there's uh, a lot with like the ruins uh, around the cathedral and stuff like that. We went to the cathedral yesterday. We're going to try to go to mass tomorrow, even though we're not Catholic. I think that would be fun. Um. I'm sure the kids will love it. Uh. But uh. No. Just just kind of hanging out. It's really beautiful here. It's kind of like um like Oregon or something like it's just really sort of temperate and overcast and it's really nice. We've been, uh, in very sunny spots, so it's nice to have a little bit of change of pace. So yeah, well, you know what, with the kids, it's tough. You you can't just go like to art galleries all the time. Um, so we're doing a lot of just going to the park and letting them be kids and it's nice. I'm working about, about half a day, uh, in the morning typically, you know, from like when I get up and we finish breakfast until the beginning of the day, like on the East coast and then take some time off and then come back around dinner time and do a little bit more work to keep things, keep things trucking and then do a little bit of work in the evening just before bed. Um, so yeah, it's good. I mean, the time zone thing is actually, actually a bit of an advantage. I get, you know, I'm, I'm working the whole day anyhow, but I get a big chunk of time in the morning where there's nobody else working. That's still great. It's like you're you're getting a head start on everybody. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's um, I can see it getting old if you really had to be on the ball all the time because then you you really wouldn't want to start working until noon and you'd yeah. have to work until ten o'clock at night. Yeah. Um, but you know, with what we're doing, I don't have to be sort of around and accountable all the time. So yeah, there's you no know, real time. Comes up, I can deal with it. There's no real yeah. time need. There are no conference calls or anything like. That. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, and I set up Calendly to only book morning appointments um, on the East Coast, so they're kind of mid-afternoon and evening here, which is fine. Works yeah. out fine. You know, the kids are kids are wanting to kind of zone out and watch some TV or something like that uh, in the afternoons, which is what they're doing now. So, cool. It's good, man. It's good. Yeah. How are things with you? Uh, slow, man. Uh, I'm, I'm glad May is over. May was a blow. <laughs> May suck. Yeah. As far as business. Not in a good way. Yeah. It's <laughs> uh, personal life, it was a lot better between, like, you know, the family stuff. Uh, my wife and I's relationship kind of improved a lot in May. And she's like, you know, I've really enjoyed the last few weeks. And I said, you know why? Because I haven't, you know, done any work on my business since Microcom. She's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's funny how that works <laughs> when I stop robbing our relationship of time and you know put the time back into it. Yeah, um, yeah, was, yeah, and of course, as a result of that, you know, May's traffic was horrible, and of course, thereby conversions are horrible, and uh, so yeah, I've, I've got to write this ship. So 
You know, today the kids were crazy, so I, I couldn't find a quiet spot in the entire house, which is, you know, it's just, it's amazing. As big as the house is, there's not a quiet spot there. So yeah. I, I said, okay, it's, you know, 9.30, honey, i got to take this call, and uh, I'm going to get some work done today. i got to get my glasses fixed a little later, but uh, I'm out. So, yeah, um, yeah um, I, I just need to right the ship and um, really start... Either shit or, get, shit or get off the pot, you know. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you you, you are not uh, sort of getting younger, right? I mean, the the the, the time is not really going anywhere with a, a huge sense of urgency, but it doesn't do any good to just be sitting around either, right? It's right. not gonna it's not gonna uh, happen by itself, and so yeah, being intentional about doing something, I think, is pretty important at this point. Yeah, I can't complain about low traffic and low numbers when I look and I see what my effort is. It's just. You know, that is the problem. I haven't published a single blog post. I haven't, you know, reached out into to any influencers. I haven't, you know, you and I have podcasted very little. Um, you know, that's not, that's not all your fault. I know we, we tried to podcast last week and, ugh, yeah, talking about the house being a mess. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we were trying to podcast at like 10 o'clock at night my time, which is fine. It's it's what I need to do. But uh, I was going to podcast in one of the rooms. Then my son came in and decided he wanted to sleep in there. And it was the only room in the house that got Wi-Fi at the oh. Airbnb we were at. And so I was like, well, I can't, you know. <laughs> and so I tried to go in the kitchen and there was like spotty Wi-Fi. And I was like, this just sucks. Yeah. <laughs> That happens, man. That's going to happen. That's okay. I, I didn't yeah. mind that at all. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I just, I get upset when people are like, oh, well, you know, your business isn't picking up. You got to move on and try something else. I'm like, dude, I haven't even really fully tried with this. How about I just put in some effort on this and then I'll, I'll give you my, you know, honest opinion about that. I don't know. So I'm going to challenge you on that a little bit. I think you've tried a lot at this, right? I mean, you, you've been working at it for a year and a half. Yeah. But I've been talking about it for a year and a half. Uh, today on Twitter, somebody asked me, because I, I put in my uh, Friday newsletter that, uh, you know, it's been a low traffic month, so I've been doing a lot of introspection. And he said, uh, well, have you done any Google ads? I was like, nope. He's like, that's interesting because CPC is like 20 cents for Mastermind. And I'm just thinking, yeah, you know, how can I be all out of ideas when I haven't tried anything? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, for instance, you know, the minimum match fee is 49 bucks. You know, if I have to pay $3 to acquire a customer, is that okay? You know, <laughs> I would say, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, I mean, maybe maybe this is one of these things that I need to just get the word out through paid traffic because I don't have the time um, available to do more organic methods. Um, maybe I should try that. So, you know, I tried the Facebook ads and that was a that was a huge debacle because I had um, screwed up my audience targeting really badly. But, uh, mm. you know, I learned a lot there, but I haven't circled back around and, and fixed it and tried again. And I haven't tried Google Ads, and I haven't tried anything. I haven't tried outreach on LinkedIn. I was reading an article about how some of my competitors acquire customers. I found a, a cool article by a former kind of growth marketer at one of my big competitors, and he just happens to be running one of the blogs that I follow. And I didn't, I didn't know that at all. I didn't realize that one of his previous positions was at this company. And he listed like on his resume, right in his blog post, he's like, oh, here are all the things I did at that company to drive traffic to a company that matches people in the mastermind groups. So I'm like, huh, taking notes. Here's a screenshot. <laughs> it's like, maybe. Yeah. And, yeah. and his accomplishment was just him by himself drove $2.3 million worth of traffic to mastermind groups. Think about that. So, yeah. so my yeah, overall sure. I mean, sense that's, that's... from... From indicators like that, my overwhelming sense is I'm leaving some money on the table. You know, I don't know how much. I don't know what I got to do to get it. But uh, there are people out there that need mastermind groups. 
Um, so, so, but that's 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 the result. What was the cost of all that traffic, and, and was all that profitable? Uh, that's a great question. So, I, I'm gonna. You know, I mean, that's the thing with paid traffic is everybody talks about the result, but not the cost. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that's the trick is can you spend eighty cents to make a dollar? Well, yeah, and, um, and it's like it's um, maybe there's a reason it's low competition, right? Um, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. can I venture some money to find out? Uh, I think the first thing I was going to do was going to I was going to reach out to that guy and say, hey, can you you know I don't want you to share any intimate secrets, but uh, can you share you know what the overall takeaways were? Because um, he's he's moved on two businesses from that, so. So that's one thing. The other thing is, I you know, I just got an email in my inbox from a, a guy I follow that does video. He, he, he has a lot of courses on video marketing, how to rank your YouTube videos higher. If I said his name, everybody would recognize it. Um, and he sent out an email um, to his user list about um, how, what the value of a mastermind is. I'm like, cool. And I'm going to go head over this blog post and respond. But I was reading further in the email, and I listened to his podcast episode. And this guy spent $30,000 to join a mastermind group and he's defending it in this podcast episode and in this blog post and I'm just like I'm sorry man that's just I gotta say that's like almost immoral yeah you know with all the shit that's going yeah. on in the world and I, I'm a guy that grew up in a family that you know single parent family me and my brother were raised my mom never made more than $12,000 a year and see this guy just drops $30,000 to talk to six people um, um, every quarter is amazing to me. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. That's just ridiculous, and I was just like, you know, maybe, and this has been weighing heavily on me. It's like, first of all, there's clearly money out there, but I don't know if I'm interested in collecting money in that way. Um, but I was thinking, you know, I've been kind of searching for what I need to be blogging about, and I, I'm just, I'm really toying with the idea of just putting down my frustrations into like a medium post or something like this, just so I can get it out there. That'll do two things. One, um, I can um, raise the level of discourse on this topic. But two, it kind of gets helps me start momentum. Like, I need to get back to writing again. Um, so anyway, that's where my head's at. That's where Mastermind Jam is right now. Um, I agree with you 100% that uh, it's definitely not worth spending 80 cents to make, you know, for a dollar. I get that. So yeah. I don't, I don't want to go yeah. down that road. And I also, you know, this is... I, I'm not in a place in my life I can put 30 hours a week into this, right? Right. So a friend asked right. me if I would help out with one of his business ideas. And, you know, I kind of ventured down that path a little bit, very little. And um, he's like, you know, I just asked you to put up a landing page, and it's like been five days. I was like, oh, I, I thought you were familiar with how I work, man. <laughs> and he's like, well, let's just set the ground rules. You know, you know how much time can you put in a week? And, He's like, because I can put in 30 hours a week. And he's got a day job and a family. I'm like, whoa, holy shit. You know? How does that work? I, I, well, he's got a, a day job where um, he can work, work less than eight or nine hours a day. He doesn't bill hourly for his time at his day job. He's more of a salary position. So as long as the work gets done, he can check out and do some other things. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then, and he's only got one kid, so he can he can stay up late and, and blah blah blah. But so he's he's willing to put in like thirty hours a week, and I'm like, dude, 
right now, like lately, I've been putting in four to six hours a week. Ideally, I can get 10 to 15 hours a week on a great week for me right now. I'd love to push that to 20. There's no way in hell I can ever get to 30 hours a week. 20 hours a week puts a major stress on my family. Um, 10 to 12 is kind of the sweet spot um, where I can see results yet not, you know, see divorce papers. <laughs> so I'd like yeah. to, I had to back away from that partnership. Um, and you and I to- toyed with, you know, doing something together and for the same reason. I'm just, I'm a horrible person to partner with, right? Just, just <laughs> this point in my life, I'm, I'm enthusiastic and I've got no time to give. Have you thought about buying something? Yes, yes, I have. I've really been, I've been, I've, I've really been thinking about that. And I know that to shortcut uh, this whole a lot cycle. of, yeah, I mean, a lot of that process for you goes to sort of you know the family dynamic and what your your wife thinks about that and what you think it would do for your you know family future and everything but uh, i mean it's the only uh, for me it's the only way i would go again i don't think i would start from scratch again just because you have six months of real pretty much dead time three months maybe unless you're super lucky but i think buying something is the only way to go i what gives me pause is uh you know i'm I've been in mastermind groups with people that have bought businesses that just turn out to be dogs, right? And they're just tied to this thing because they're um, uh, they're pot committed, um, for lack of a better term. They've got everything riding on this, and they, you know, got, they've taken out a bank loan and they mortgaged their house or something, and um, now they got to make this thing work, which is such a weird niche of a niche that it's just so small and there's the only way to, to get more customers is to go knock on doors and, and cold call and it's just a struggle right mm-hmm. and I hope I would be smarter than that um, I, I hate to say smarter than that I hope, I hope it would work out differently for me but who's to say I mean what's, what, are there, what guarantees are out there um, you know maybe I could buy an existing Amazon FBA business right that throws off you know, enough cash. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, I, I don't know what, you know, your wife would think of it, but um, I think if you can make the argument that, okay, we're going to put this money into it now and in a year we'll be done, right? You know, I'll, 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 we'll, we'll have something that's making money to where my time is actually worth some, you know, not that your work, time isn't worth something now, but it's you're making more out of your time. Yeah. You're making more for your time. Uh, it's just a form of leverage. Yeah. Really. Um I don't. I don't see a lot of good investments these days, and, and that's definitely one of them. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I would. I would. And I would look at something that has a lot of potential. You know, like you, you buy on performance, or you pay for performance, and you buy for potential, kind of thing. You know, right. like you, you you pay for what it's done, but you really look at what it can do. If, yeah. you, if you know, you put the time in the things you know from you know growing mastermind jam and sending traffic to it and value proposition and all that kind of stuff i, mean, I think i don't know yeah i i think i think it would be something to look at because i i mean we've talked about this before i don't think mastermind jam is going to get you to the finish line in terms of quitting your job and if and if it's not then i wouldn't spend a whole lot of time or thought on it i mean you're not going to make 10 grand a month for mastermind jam yeah it's beginning to look that way i don't think i, I mean and if you do, I don't know that you can do it for 10 years. Um, and if that's the case for me, at least, I look at that kind of stuff now and say just it's not nothing that doesn't match that criteria is worth my time. Right. Um, but anyways, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that things, uh, you know, the the stress and relationship at home is better. I know that for a while that was kind of touch and go and a little uh, a little edgy with with putting in so many hours i'm glad it's it's doing better yeah and it really was it just took me focusing less on the business and more on my life funny how yeah. that works right 
Um, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and you know, my wife is is on board um, by looking for business and 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 looking to purchase a business. She's on board with that. Um, she doesn't want to like. She doesn't want to make the wrong move, right? It's like we don't have tons of cash in the bank to throw around at say three businesses and pick the one that works. Um, we got to pick one, yeah. and uh, that's our horse we're going to run with for a while. So. Um, if that's what we're going to do, we're going to be tied to that for a little while. And uh, so that's that's where the caution comes in. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's totally reasonable. I mean, it's a big investment. I mean, you're talking about spending a good amount of money for any sort of business. Uh, yeah, I just look at I, I, even, even uh, what is a relatively small amount of money just shortcuts the time to where you can start leveraging real growth. That's and that's all that I think. It's, it shortcuts the the building and the the initial growth phase. Yeah. Um, is what you're you're buying. It, you're just shortcutting that stuff. So, anyways, yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So, are you in a place? So, that, uh, are you in a place where you could talk about um, your other businesses? I mean, we, we should get the podcast motor update, but I know you've got other things going on. Uh. Yeah. So. Um, our our travel sites are are doing well. I mean, they're they're pretty easy. We we have been building a, a social media presence lately. We hired hired someone off Up, Upwork uh, to manage social media for both sites um, as we're kind of redesigning the sites uh, to to sort of get ready for that launch. And that's a it's a process. I mean, it's it's getting good results. We have you know Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, Facebook, uh, getting good good followings on on both sites, and the the revenue is up. Um, you know about fifty percent since we bought them so that's cool um it's nice to see but uh it's it's a trudge kind of i mean it, it's it's not so different than i don't know it, it has it has sort of limited upward uh mobility i think you know those sites are never going to be making a million dollars a year um so i you know i think about in retrospect as we were talking about buying sites and stuff um you know buying a content site is is going to be somewhere you always have to put in work to it, although there have been times we we haven't put any work into it, and they still make pretty good money. So, so in that respect, they're nice. Um, but I think we're going to start doing some interesting things. Like they have these big um, business listings, huge business listings. Most of the the page views and revenue come from the business listing pages, uh, and and we're setting it up to where they can um, people can pay to get like a premium listing. Cool. So I think that'll be cool. I mean, we have tens of thousands of listings. So even if we get a couple of hundred people pay ten bucks, um, that's you know that's a nice bump in revenue to where we can take that money and do something with it. Um, yeah, and and do kind of a similar thing with the job board on both sides. I mean, they both get uh, about a hundred thousand views a month, so they're they're high volume, high traffic sites. So just kind of a little tweak here and a little tweak there uh, is pretty cool. One thing we're we're toying around with is doing a lot more targeted keyword research. Okay, um, it's just really powerful to to drive traffic uh, and drive like good ad paying traffic to a site. Um, so I'm kind of going through in my head a little bit, you know, how to really map out a keyword process to where you know i map out four six eight articles a month per site that are very specific for some keywords um and then we have some writers in place to write for these um and i think that'll be a nice way to to get content that's good not just for ads but for like travel affiliates too so like hotel booking and uh like day tours and stuff like that yeah we can start ranking really high for for some of those terms um, I think the the revenue for the sites will really go up a lot because because right now we're we're still pretty much only getting um, revenue from AdSense, which is fine and it's great. It's you know zero work and Google pays me every month and it's great. But um, 
the, the affiliate stuff, the travel affiliate stuff pays a lot better. Um, but, but we don't have any articles that rank really high for, you know, some of those, some of the terms that people would go book a hotel from. Right, so right. when we redesign the site, we're going to have widgets and stuff like that for some of these booking uh, sites, which will be nice. I, I think that'll be hopefully a little bump in revenue. Um, but, but it's been an interesting process so far. You know, I'm not sort of like thrilled with them. They're, they're just kind of there to make money, Yeah. Um, which you know, is fine. That's, that's kind of what I need because Podcast Motor takes a lot of sort of time and mental energy and stuff, you know, monitoring the team and how big it is and do we need to grow and customer communication and stuff like that. It's a, you know, it's a service business, so it's relatively involved, but, um, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. They're, they're, I I think they've been a good investment for us and they're not going anywhere. Um, so yeah, it's good. It's good. I've toyed with the idea of starting a service business and, uh, you know, like I, I think I told, told you, I was, Thinking, well, you know, I, I I do this curated newsletter. Why don't I just do curated newsletters for people? And uh, you know, I talk yeah. to a few people. And nobody's willing to pay for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everybody likes them. Yeah. Uh, as an idea for their business, nobody uh, really reads them, and nobody wants to pay for it. So um, I, I know I'm generalizing here, but uh, it'll be a tough road to hoe for me as well. Yeah, it, I mean, it's uh, I don't want to say exhausting because that's not that's not a right term, but um the the downside of a service business i think is that it, it does take some of the fun out of the work cuz you know it's just a one for one trade off i mean it's it's leveraging my time because the team does all of the the sort of work on producing our product yeah um but but i, I don't other than like content marketing and marketing in general, I don't see my involvement on a day-to-day basis with a business um, as having like an exponential return. Right. Um, yeah, you need that leverage. And maybe that's everything. I mean, it's, even in software, I don't know that that would happen. But um, yeah, uh, that's not yeah. true. You know, I, you're always looking for something that gives you leverage. So you put you know one unit of time in, and you get ten back or five back. You know. Where you know, right. like my day job, I put one unit of effort in, and I get one unit of compensation back. You know, and when I stop putting in units, I don't get any units back. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's very much like that. You need leverage. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I'll tell you, man. So, so we've learned uh, a lot uh, from being on the road at this point. So we've been on the road about a month. Yeah, and. Um, so we started in Ireland, and then we've been uh, we were in Spain for a week. We we're in Portugal for a week, and we've been here for three days. So it's it's a you know a little bit extra in Ireland. We were in Ireland for nine days. So it's been it's been right at four weeks now. Um, you know the thing I've been amazed at is the internet in some places has been really good. Um, I don't think we got to it when when we were in Lisbon. Um, the internet was like forty megabytes download speed. Okay, this is just like insane. Right. Like, Twice as fast as anything I saw in the states. Um, yeah, so it's been and it's been like ten at least almost everywhere. Uh, you know, we had one place that was really bad, uh, particularly at night. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been pretty interesting. Um, the biggest thing though, and I think it, that I've that I've learned is that um, for the first two weeks I didn't really work that much. Other like during the day, I was just like a tourist. Uh, and, and like I think if you anybody that's thinking about doing this uh, or, or even like not working a day job and having like con- complete control of your time. Like for a while I was like on crack. I was like, oh, I have all the time in the world. I don't have to work. This is great. Blah, blah, blah. And I think what I saw is like, if I get work done in the morning, particularly being here in Europe uh, is so far ahead of the East coast. It makes my, my head kind of clear for the rest of the day. Yeah. And, and, and it sets my business and, and my, my projects and everything up for success. And, and then kind of kick the ball again in the afternoon, like I was saying. Right. Um, but, but being like really intentional about like 
doing things that move the business forward in the morning uh, is something that I think is a, a, a habit at this point because I've been doing it for about two weeks that I've learned and, and hope I'll continue with is like I, I, I'm the kind of guy that always has like Gmail open in a tab in the browser. Yeah. Um, and even though I still do, I'm not going to check my email all the time anymore. Um, especially when I'm trying to like be productive. Right. Uh, like I know some people turn turn email off or turn Twitter off or whatever when they're doing something. And I never appreciated that because like from a day job, I was like, you know, sort of like on call all the time um, to, to have to do stuff. Um, but now, like I, I can just say like, hey, this is just an hour, you know, like if I need to write this blog post or write this email or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's like the biggest thing I've learned is like... Uh, Good internet is really important because that's about all I need. But but taking time to be proactive in the morning has been like the biggest thing that for my head gets me in a good spot and for the business kind of moves things in the right direction. So that makes a lot of sense because that's my, that's my tidbit. Well, people that uh, you know are, are in the fitness, they'll say you know if you get your workout in first thing in the morning, you know. You know, you, you have your shoes right next to your bed, you go get your run in or you go to the gym or whatever it is. Um, get that out of the way and you feel so much better the rest of the day. You don't have that looming over you. Uh, I imagine that. Yeah. Similar thing for, yeah. for business. <clears throat> yeah. In my, in my day job, it's very much, yeah, you're just on call all day and you could get interrupted at any time. And sometimes the threat of interruption is almost as bad as being interrupted, right? Because it's like, oh, I don't want to get oh, yeah, deep into this. you can't this. mentally commit to anything. Right. Because yeah. it's like, I don't want to get too deep into this because if that phone rings... You know, I'm going to just get interrupted. And then it's after a while, it really weighs on you. It's, it's a burden. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I envy that, uh, that freedom of mind. Yeah. I've yeah. said it before. Well, cool. So what's what's the next stop on your trip after you, after you leave where you guys are right now? Uh, so we leave here on Thursday and go to Seville, okay. which is um, like in the middle of Spain, kind of towards down towards the coast, um, but, but not on the coast, about an hour from the coast. Um, and we're there for five days. And then we go to Provence, which is in the south of France, um, for two weeks. And that'll be, so far, the, the place we're at the longest. Um, so we're at two, two weeks in the same place uh, in, in Provence, which I think will be cool. It's a big, um, it's a big university town. Aix-en-Provence is the little town we're going to be in. Uh, so it'll be cool. Like, you know, university towns we found uh, are, are cool because they're, you know, hip and young and everything. Um, but I mean, it's supposed to be kind of the California of Europe, like the south of France is like where all the agriculture is and the weather's great. And it's one of the big wine regions. So that's right. the Côte d'Azur. Uh, so like a lot of the good white wine in, in France is grown down there. So huh. yeah, it'll be cool. It'll be cool. We've really enjoyed Spain. You know, we've been in Spain and Portugal for most of the trip at this point. Um, it's cool. I mean, it's very different. It's a very diverse country. Um like where we are now is really temperate, but like Madrid, where we were for the first week is like Texas kind of. Um, and then like we were in Barcelona for microconf last year and it's, you know, like Florida or something. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been, it's been interesting to be in so many different parts of Spain. Um, they speak different kinds of Spanish everywhere, yeah, I've which heard is that. weird. Yeah. So like Catalan versus, so like, yeah, right, right. Exactly. So, and so in Barcelona, it's Catalan and up here it's Galician. Um, Galicia is the, the province that we're in. Okay. Um, in Madrid, it was pretty straight Spanish. Uh, in Seville is in the province of Andalusia. So it's a little different. Um, so it's been okay. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a little challenging. I mean, I think if, if you settle down somewhere, you definitely get the, the gist of it. But, uh, but bouncing around as much as we are has been, uh, it's been a little challenging. I mean, my Spanish is pretty good. Um, but, uh, you know, some of the, some of the words are very different depending on where we are. So it's, it's interesting. And then we're going to go to France and I'll just be totally screwed because I, I speak just a little bit of French, just enough to sound like a dumbass. But, um, 
Yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting. And then after that, we don't have any plans. You know, we're uh, it's it's challenging. Um, I don't think we've talked about this before. It's it's challenging and and sort of not sort of. It's very daunting to say we literally could live anywhere in the world. Um, yeah, where should that, we live? That would be a burden to to make that decision. Yeah, it's a huge burden. I mean, yeah. we talk about it all the fucking time, and. It's on one hand, it's great to have that kind of flexibility. On the other hand, uh, like a gal I used to work with, like she was from New Orleans, her fiance was from New Orleans. They both moved away to go to school, and it was like so obvious that they had to move back to New Orleans. You know? Yeah. Um, and for us, like my wife's mom lives uh, in like the Panhandle of Florida. My folks live in Orlando. My sister lives in Atlanta. Uh, so like a lot of our friends live on the West Coast. Um, but we could live in, and, and that's just in the U.S. And like, we really like it over here. Uh, and, and like, yeah. So, so we we keep bouncing around to these places and see, like, oh yeah, this is cool and this is cool, but this is not exactly right. Um, but my daughter really, really wants to go to kindergarten, um, and she would start in all, like August or September. Right. Um, so now there's a deadline on your decision. So right, yeah. So originally this was like going to go to thanks. Our trip was going to go to Thanksgiving, pretty much. Um, but now. You know, she's kind of saying, "Hey, I want to go to kindergarten." And that's fantastic. I mean, she's a total overachiever. It's amazing. Um, and so, we really want to get somewhere that we're going to be for a while and comfortable with her kind of getting indoctrinated in an area and us making friends and being the best school and all that kind of stuff. So, so we're at this sort of mental juncture where we're saying, like, I'm finally really comfortable with traveling and working, but we are as a family to the point where we need to decide something. Um, yeah, and, in the and next like six weeks, is there a pressure to see more of the world if you're going to make a decision like that? Like you guys haven't been to Northern Europe, right? You haven't seen Norway and Sweden and Denmark. Yeah, right. You, you haven't been to you know Africa or Turkey or you know. And there's a, I mean, it's a big place. <laughs> yeah, it's a big fucking world. No, absolutely. <laughs> Argentina, yeah. Venezuela, you know, the Caribbean, South Pacific, um, Australia. I hear is amazing. It's just like I don't know how you would make that decision in just six weeks. Yeah, no, it's so that so it's impossible. You know, I mean, we yeah. we have we have pretty much through uh, the end of June mapped out, right? So we have the next month mapped out, really. Um, and then if we're going to go to school in the states, we have like two weeks. Ugh. No, 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 we have like six weeks, right? Because yeah. it's like the middle of August. So right. so we have a month to to get somewhere and get settled and everything. Um, but yeah, we really, really want to check out New Zealand. You know, here it's like the best place on earth. Everyone who goes there says, if I could, I would just fucking move there. And it's relatively easy to move to and everything. But that's a long way away um, from everything that we know. Yeah. And, you know, like here in Spain, I'm six hours ahead of the East Coast. But like in New Zealand, I'd be like 10 hours ahead. Yeah. Behind, yeah. whatever, behind, I guess. Um, or like 14 hours ahead. Yeah. Like that's a big difference. 10 hours behind um, the previous day or the next day. <laughs> it's, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I deal with yeah, a lot of exactly. time zones in Mastermind Gym. It's like, you know, I was trying to match this guy in uh, Australia and I haven't had a lot of signups in the last three months from Australia. And I'm like, you know, I just noticed your time zones match up with people in LA if you just discard the fact that you're a day ahead. And he's like, that's fine with me, you know? Yeah. And it's like Twelve never, hours difference. Yeah. yeah, it's like well, I never. I'm, he's he's like, you know, I didn't put that down, but yeah, that's fine uh, because if I find somebody in in L.A. or you know U.S. West Coast or even in, in the central area, it's like if if you don't mind being in a meeting in the afternoon or early evening, and this guy um, wants to meet in his lunch hour, then it's perfect, you know. Yeah, I mean, one thing you realize, I've realized after being here for a month is is if you're not in the U.S., you, you conform to U.S. time zones. Um, huh. 
That's so you just do. I mean, all, yeah. all, you know, for me, almost all of my business is in the U.S. Um, and, and so I have to conform to that time zone. I would suppose that no matter what you do, you do that a little bit. You know, if you're 12 hours off, I think it would be harder. But, but you know, say you go live in New Zealand and you're 10 hours ahead, you would work on the ends of the days yeah. and definitely not work when you know the U.S. is, you know, sort of sleeping or whatever. But, um, but yeah, I mean, getting back to, you know, this decision we have to make, I mean, it's not like the last decision we'll ever make with, with where we live and everything, but, but it's a decent decision. I, you know, I don't want to pick a place just because it's easy and we know it and and everything because i mean if you have the chance to live anywhere you should live in some kick-ass place yeah 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 um but, some but place you know, where we can health care you know not third world hospitals in case something goes wrong no yeah and, and and you know it's not even it's it's not even that it's not the u.s that that's that makes it even harder i mean there's there's parts of the u.s that we really like you know i, yeah, I yeah. honestly i honestly have some concerns about either of our presidential candidates uh-huh. and, and and you know what it'll mean not not that the country's going to fall apart, but I think either of them have the chance to really screw some stuff up. And as long as I'm a U.S. citizen, I think that it'll impact me, but not living there would, would make it a little easier. Um, but uh, anyway, so that, that's that's kind of the big thing on our plate right now. I mean, business is going well. The, the trip is going really well, but the, the weight on our heads is um, is decent, and we need to make a decision kind of soon. Well, the issue with once you start kindergarten, now, now she's developing this circle of friends that she's going to oh, yeah. follow for a while. And it makes, yeah. you know, like, because on one hand, well, if you don't like that country, you can always move, right? People move all the time. But now you've got kids involved. You're trying to get them established in a culture and, and making friends and getting involved in activities. And you're going to just rip them out of that. It can't be done lightly. You know? yeah. And it can't be done yeah. every year. It can't be done every six months. It's, it's got to be something um, that you get everybody on board with. So I understand the weight there. Yeah. And, and so I grew up going to the same school, same school zone and same group of people my whole life, right? Right. My, my wife moved like seven different times or eight different times in school. And so she's seeing the other side of it where, you know, she doesn't have any sort of like long, lifelong friends because she moved so much, uh, you know, from school, from school time at least. Yeah. And I still have a couple of people that I keep in touch with that I've known for 25 or 30 years. Um, so, yeah, and we want to give that to, to them. I think that I don't think that if we moved out of the U.S., we would live there forever. Um, but the, the benefit of that is like, imagine growing up in another country for even a couple of years and learning a language and the culture and all the stuff that you get exposed to when you travel, but, but living there. Yeah. Um, well, my wife and I would be amazing. We've talked, we've, we've really gotten enamored with these stories of families that are like homeschooling kids or, or, or raising their kids abroad. Uh, we love the idea. We can't do it with the three daughters because, um, their dad would have, um, he would actually birth a cow out of his penis. I'm pretty sure he would. <laughs> he, would he would literally have a cow. But um, the you know once we get to a point where we can make the decision, we're seriously considering like buying a sailboat and schooling um, Cooper uh, aboard the sailboat, or picking like a Caribbean nation or something like that, and uh, or you know being being one of those cruising families um, where the kid grows up with you know turtles uh, you know six inches from his head at night because the water's on the other side of the hull, you know. Um, yeah. So we've been yeah. we've been thinking a lot about that. You know, I, I grew up, you know, central Illinois. I never ever considered that the world is a huge place and you can live wherever you want. You know, we were always very much told that you you stick close to family. And we my brother and I did it because, you know, my mom was injured and kind of disabled and we had to take care of her. And so I never considered moving away because if I can't get home in within two or three hours, then it's a problem because she's got no one to help her. But mm-hmm. I, I, it just like hit me like um, 
like uh, there's like a tidal wave. Uh, imagine like that that uh, that uh, that movie where Moses parts the Red Sea, and, you know, and it comes smashing back together. It was like that when my mom passed away in 2013. It hit me like that, where I realized, holy shit, she was the reason I haven't really explored as much as I could have, right? And of yeah. course, by that time, I was married and settled down here in Indiana, uh, still just three hours away from mom. Um, but we settled down here, and, and it's like, oh, shit, now I have, I hate to say shackled, but I very much have grown roots here to a point where we can't just pick up and move at a moment's notice because all the kids aren't mine, right? So there's a whole other set of adults that have say in where we can move now. And it's yeah. just like, fuck, <laughs> I keep doing this to myself. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, um, and my wife's like, you know what? Fuck it. Uh, if the girls live with, have to live with their dad half the year in order for us to get a quarter that says we can live in Norway, let's do it. You know, where, wherever wherever the uh, life wants to take us, like, let's do it. And I looked at my wife like she had thrown an antler out of her head. I never expected her to say something like that. <laughs> and uh, and she's like, you know, I don't know why we have to feel like we just have to live here in, you know, northwest Indiana. We can fucking move anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the thing we, and it's not as simple as this, but the thing that we kind of come back to is, would we regret doing it? No, probably not, right? No. Would yeah. we regret not doing it? Potentially. Yeah. Right? If, there, um, if there's a regret I have, it's that I didn't just push the boundaries more when I was younger. You know, yeah. it's just kind of like your paradigm. It really is a, a, a matter of, I, I never had any reason to look outside of the paradigm in which I was raised, Right growing up in a small yep. town you either became a doctor lawyer or you worked in one of the factories right or you're a farmer yeah and going to college was kind of breaking the paradigm but only ever so slightly so you get to college and there's a whole nother paradigm of you're all marching toward a job right and you go to job fairs and you all this stuff is very much career focused um stepping out of college and you know on my own it's like um i was very much in the job and you know in the paradigm of 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 raising myself up the corporate ladder and then, you know, I said, fuck this at one point and decided to be a freelancer. And suddenly, like, that's a whole kind of a different paradigm. But it's still not a paradigm that allows you to think, hey, since I'm a freelancer in 1999 or whatever it was, I can, I can just up and move to, you know, fucking, you know, Bali or Hong Kong or, you know, right. Barcelona. Right, right. It was, it's just so foreign. It's just amazing how big the world is and people just don't realize it. Yeah, yeah. So it's not easy, right? I mean, being in another country is has its challenges for sure. It's yeah. not it's not hard, right? I mean, so far we've found it to be pretty easy. Um, by longer term, I mean taxes and visas and stuff like that are complicated. Um, but uh, yeah, anyways, I mean, so that's something to sort of stay tuned for uh, in on our journey. I mean, business is is good. Uh, where we're gonna live, we're gonna decide in the next couple of weeks what uh, what we're doing there because we gotta we gotta figure something out by to make a decision in the next three or four weeks yeah. and and go ahead and do it um, because we still have another few weeks after that to get settled and get her enrolled in school and stuff, especially for private school. It's probably too late for a lot of private schools. So Yeah. The waiting lists and the, the hoops you have to jump through where they interview you and no, oh, yeah, and yeah. it's fucking expensive. I mean, everywhere yeah. it's expensive. Um, so, anyways. Yeah, well, I'll be looking forward to hearing updates on that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Cool, man. Well, it's uh, it's dinner time here. We're going to roll out and uh, get some tapas. Tapas. All right, man. Um, I'll, uh, I'll give you a shout later on. Yes, definitely. Okay. All right, cool. Talk to you later. All right, buddy. See you. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Nights and Weekends podcast with Craig Hewitt and Ken Wallace. To stay up to date and learn more about balancing your family and your startup, visit www.nightsandweekendspodcast.com. We'll catch you next time. 